Hello and welcome to another Win Daily Show. My name is Michael Brazil. I've got my man Sia Najad. I see it. I also I don't know if you noticed yet, but I'm wearing my polo because you know what we get to talk about today? Uh, I think we get to talk about something for the first time in three months, and it might be PGA golf. It might be. Well, we've talked about it a bunch. Um but this is the time we actually get to talk about it. Are you buttoned up? Oh, you go all the way. Yeah, up. you got to go top button. You got to be I, different, man. You got to distinguish yourself somehow. Let's see if I can pull it off. Let's go with it. But we are both very, very excited. You've been talking up DFS golf for a very long time. No, dude, I look ridiculous. Um, no, you look very I'm handsome, gonna, Michael. I can't do it. I can't do it. We're going to talk a lot right. about PGA golf. I'm very excited about it. You're very excited about it. We're going to have Josh, JMO, DFS, no shame. Come on. Uh, a couple minutes later, talk about some NASCAR picks. We're going to have big Jim Thompson, Jimbo coming on. Talk some LOL. So we get to have the uh, the acronym Olympics again, which I'm very excited for. And then you and I get to, to, to finish the show with a little more NBA. I know we spoke about it a bit, but we were able to dive into the numbers. We both spoke about it on Sirius this past weekend. So anybody out there listening, if you are listening on Twitter, then you're doing great. Uh, but if you aren't, if you're on Twitch, make sure to follow us. If you're not, do it. It's really easy. Make sure to like, subscribe, review the podcast. Do whatever the heck you have to do there. Go to YouTube. Follow us on all the channels. You guys know the stuff. We're pumping out this content. Everything on the site is for free. All of Sia's articles, for free. We have people that make their own projection models for PGA. It's all for free. It's all on the site. Hop into the Discord. You get seven free days in the Discord to talk to Sia, to talk to Patrick, to talk to Steven, Sicily Kid. I love that name, by the way. It's all for free. So just go take advantage of it. Why not let us help us help you, right? Help us help you. We've all seen Jerry Maguire. Let us get, make you some money. So I'm very excited about it. So see ya. Let's, let's get into it. We have the Charles Schwab challenge. We're down in Dallas or we're down in Texas. I don't, the colonial, if I'm not mistaken, correct. And we're kicking off on Thursday, the 11th at 750 Eastern, which is kind of early for Texas now that you think about it. But how excited are you? Okay, first of all, don't pretend like you're old enough to know what Jerry Maguire is because you're like, what are you, like 19, 20? Come on, what are you, man. 21? Like, yeah, like 28 or whatever. I've seen you drink, know. so okay, 28, fair enough. It is non-alcoholic beer. No free set, no free ads. Uh, interesting. Um, so yeah, I'm super excited. So you mentioned the projection model, first of all. So we have Sicily Kid, Stephen, who who has actually already published an article. We know Patrick has published an article. We've I think we have a total of four because you have one and we had one from last week. And we're going to have two more tomorrow. And, the, and Sicily Kid, otherwise known as Stephen, is going to have one that's going to have ownership projections and, all, and it's going to actually have his model uh, that he's building. Mm -hmm. So we have produced a lot but we have so much more to produce probably like early evening late afternoon tomorrow i expect all that to sort of be out there so of course we're also going to be grinding on discord like throughout the night because i i know there's going to be a bunch of questions and dialogue and things of that nature so we've got a lot already we've got a lot coming it's actually super exciting to have this sport back i'm super super excited about it it should be a blast, man. I just, I cannot wait to see again that green grass to see what that's like. We had, we've had, now the thing about golf is we've had a couple different events so far, kind of. Um, you know, it, it's, it's been cool. It's been fun. It's been great. But at the same time, it's just really not the same thing. It, it hasn't been the same thing. It's, it's not going to be the same thing. And, but once it kicks off, I mean, are you just, I'm assuming, because I know I will. I mean, once it starts, uh, I don't actually, where is it airing? Because I need to kind of set my TV up the morning, the night before. So that way when I pop it on, it's immediately just bang, bang. I get to watch golf right out of the gate. Oh, you know, that's a good question because typically, typically Thursdays and Fridays, it'll be on golf channel, like starting at a certain time. I wonder now that, you know, it's just PGA right now. Are they going to have like other outlets to watch it? I mean, to yeah. be honest with you. I'm listening on the radio or on the golf channel, whatever it is, um, in the mornings on Thursdays and Fridays. And that's sort of how I get my content. But yeah, you know what? I haven't even looked at that. So so we'll look into that because if we can actually watch it, you know, Thursday and Friday morning, that would be, I don't know why, <laughs> you know, PGA hasn't really, they're not really up to speed on like, you know, really how to produce mm -hmm. a golf tournament from start to finish. So hopefully they'll learn that now because they have the opportunity to like, you know, open themselves up to a gigantic market of people that are just yearning for sports. Yearning for sports, yearning for something to bet on, and yearning for to create some daily fantasy sports lineups. And it's not daily. It's like four-day-long fantasy sports lineups, which I'm really excited to get into. So, yeah, man, I mean, let's let's hop into it. We've talked a little bit about it, but let's let's get into it. So, again, we're down we're down in Texas. We have a lot of people in this event. We have Roy McIlroy, Justin Thompson, Brooks Kepka, Dustin Johnson, Ricky Fowler, Patrick Reed. I mean, we have some of the 
preeminent names in the game, right? I mean, we're missing Tiger, I think, and that's about it. I mean, pretty much everyone else is there. Who, who off the top of your head are we missing? Well, okay, so it's Tiger, and then it's also Hideki, but I'm pretty sure you just said Justin Thompson instead of Justin Thomas. So I'm going Jim. to add Justin Thomas and make sure he uh, he comes yeah, after he you. He hears me. Um, well, it's it's Jim. It's Jim Tom Thomas Thompson, our <laughs> our buddy. So that's that's what gets me every time. But I'm excited to do this, man. So let's let's just hop right into it. Let's talk a little bit about what's going on. So we have we're we're looking at the DraftKings numbers. I have been told, as everybody out there should know by now, I don't really play too much DFS golf, but I'm excited to start doing it on Thursday. Thursday morning, I hopefully will lock in my last lineup. So we're looking at the DraftKings numbers. Uh, we were told actually that FanDuel revamped their system or redid their entire scoring system, which is in from our friends in discord it's almost an exact replica of what they're doing in DraftKings. so i think that might help some people out a little bit but we are watching and we are looking at the DraftKings prices currently so we have a, a high price range so everyone above ten thousand. so rory john rom justin thomas and bryson dechambeau what are you looking at here are you going after any of these really, really high priced guys to kind of handicap your lineup a little bit, or are you looking to pretty much fade on all of them? So it's a good question. So let's just assume for the sake of argument that I'm going to have 10 lineups because I'm going to give certain percentages out in terms of like what, how much, how many quote shares I'm going to have, or what percentage of shares I'm going to have of like Roy McElroy, for example. So assume for the sake of this sort of exercise, I'm going to have 10 lineups. So the, first of all, this is a really good tournament to possibly fade all the guys at the top because we don't exactly know where everybody's game is at. We know people have probably been practicing. We don't know the extent to which they've been practicing. We don't know what distractions they've had at home or otherwise. So if there was a time to like kind of do something crazy in a big GPP or even a single entry, frankly, it would be this tournament, maybe the next tournament, maybe even the tournament after that. So what I'm saying is, you know, don't go completely off the map here, but expect more variance than you would have in a regular tournament. Okay. So, what I'm doing with these top four guys, I'm largely fading them. So I'll, if, if I'm having 10 lineups, five or six of them, no, I would say about five of them will not have any of these four guys because I'm going to start in that 9,000 range because I like where those guys are at too. To the extent that the five lineups that I have are going to have these four guys, I'll probably fixate on Rory and Justin Thomas. Rom has a really good track record here. He has really good experience here, but his ownership percentage, you know, his projected ownership is going to be pretty high. It's going to be higher than the other four, you know, partly based on how good he is, but also because of his his experience at this track. So um, it's going to be probably Rory and Justin. T I love Bryson DeChambeau. I already have a master's bet on him, but I don't necessarily think he's a great fit for this course. He, he has, it does appear that he's been practicing, but I'm probably off Bryson for this particular tournament. I do like him long-term. And so it, it's, it's pretty crazy to think that you would fade all of these guys, but it sounds like that's kind of, that's the most common in, in all of your lineups that you actually won't be playing any of them. So with the understanding that a, we don't know who's been practicing or what's been going on and B there's going to be a lot of people playing DFS golf, just like myself for the first time this coming weekend, because we haven't had anything else to play. No offense to Josh uh, with NASCAR down there. No offense to Jim with LOL coming on a little bit later, but this is the first time we're going to get to see green grass and be able to play some, some DFS, which we're very excited about. Are you taking that into account? Just how much, I guess we'll call it casual money is going to just say, Oh yeah, Rory. I know who that guy is. Oh yeah. Justin Thomas. Oh yeah. I know who that guy is. Does any of that cross your mind when you're it thinking does. about lineups? It does. Um, but the thing is, I don't think the casual fan is going to, I don't think it's going to shift it too much in terms of like them just kind of grabbing Rory. To be honest with you, how I think this goes down is people say what I'm saying to some degree, but then when it comes down to it, when they're, when they're tweaking their lineups Wednesday night, they just can't bring themselves to not have Rory or, or Rom or Justin Thomas, somebody or, or Bryson, who's just a really hot name right now in their lineup. So just to be very clear, half my lineups are going to have one of these guys, but the other half aren't. And, and frankly, again, because I'm sort of embracing volatility and variance here, I, I just think if you go, we'll, we'll go down to that next, that $9,000 range. And I just think there's plenty of good golfers there that can, this first tournament back, that can outshoot the best golfers in the world. And very clearly, Roy McElroy, John Rahm, and Justin Thomas, and maybe soon Bryson DeChambeau uh, fit that sort of, you know, top golfer in the world category. So yeah, let, let's hop down to that $9,000 range. Just a couple names that come to, uh, that pop off the page. Let's say Webb Simpson, Brooks Kepka, Dustin Johnson, Ricky Fowler, Patrick Reed, Colin 
Morikawa, if I said his name correct. I know you mm -hmm. love him. So talk, talk to me about some of these guys and Justin Rose as well. Talk to me about some of these guys and who, again, as you said, this is where many of your lineups are going to start. Right. So I, I, Webb Simpson is definitely like the prime candidate here. He's, he's a perfect fit for this course. The problem is his ownership percentage is going to be really high. Like the projected ownership that I'm seeing is kind of well over 20%. So typically that's not like a gigantic problem. Um, this is such a stacked field that ownership percentage maybe isn't as big of a deal as it might be in maybe a, a field that's not as strong, but still he's probably a guy I'm going to be looking to fade a little bit. I definitely will have him in some lineups. Listen, in 2018, he missed the cut, but he, he had two top fives in uh, 2016 and 2017. Um, this is a second shot golf course, meaning that, you know, after your driver, you really got to be good on approach. And Webb Simpson is awesome with that stat. So he really is like the perfect candidate to start your team with. So is Sung JM, who's down here in the 9,300 range. The problem with Webb and Sung is like most of the guys that do golf DFS, they know about these guys. So they're going to be in a lot of lineups. That's fine if you want to put them in your lineup. Just make sure you have variants in other places. And believe me, there's plenty of guys in the 8,000, 7,000 range for you to kind of like make a unique lineup. But I, I definitely like Webb and Sung Jae the best. As far as pivot plays, I'm not a big fan of Xander right now, um, nor am I a fan of Dustin Johnson. I really like Patrick Reed. That's not much of a pivot because he's going to be chalky. I already have an outright on Patrick Reed to win the whole tournament. Big fan, even though most people hate him. Uh, but no, he's he's pretty chalky too. I think Ricky Fowler is a decent pivot. Colin Morikawa is also going to be pretty chalky. So in this range, my top four guys are Colin Morikawa, Webb Simpson, uh, Sung J.M., and Patrick Reed. Again, all those guys are going to be pretty popular, but at the same time, you can you know make your variance count in the $8,000 and $7,000 range. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's just from, from hanging out in the Discord chat. Again, it's free for seven days. Go click on the link. You can find it on any of our social media platforms. Just understanding really what goes into golf DFS, you're going to sprinkle in more so these top guys and then really the, the bulk and, and where most of your value obviously is going to come from is really understanding who to play in those lower ranges, which is again, uh, Steven Sicily kid, our new writer, what he is all about and what he's pretty much built his entire projection model on is trying to find one of these $6,000 guys that hits like one of those $9,000 guys. And you're, you're now well ahead of the field in that. So very excited to see what he comes up with more stuff. He actually sent me an update to his article. I guess he was doing more research. So he shouted over. He's like, hey, can you put this in the article too? Absolutely, man. I'd love to. Any more information, we're all for it. So uh, very excited. I also hate Patrick Reed. I don't really know why. I think just because everyone else does. So maybe it's a neat thing. But <laughs> so, so Michael, first of all, golf purists hate Patrick Reed because they think he's a cheater. He's kind of, I think they think he's kind of a dick oh, too. Yeah. Most yeah. recently he had that cheating incident where he gave yep. himself a better line. And it's funny because I actually had an outright play on him in that tournament and he got a two stroke penalty and he lost. He came in second place and he lost by two strokes. So hmm. I wasn't very happy with him, but I had an outright on him like three weeks later and he won the tournament. So all smiles again. He honestly, he's such a competitor. I very, I expect him to be, quote, more ready. I know this is sort of narrative building a little bit, but I expect him to be more ready than most uh, when when they come back on Thursday morning. So I just he's a guy that I think is still itching for like the the proper reputation and he doesn't have it yet. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm looking for him to come out firing. Well, I'm very excited for it. Maybe I'll throw him in my lineup. And if he wins me some money, I won't hate him as much as I used to. So let's hop down to this $8,000 range a little bit. Tony Finau, someone that we've spoken a little bit about already. Justin Day, one of the most famous golfers, I think we can say in the world. Sergio Garcia. I feel like this dude's been around for like my entire life at this point. Jordan Spieth had that incredible run like 10 years ago. Not actually, but. You know, it feels like it's that long ago. Who are you looking at in this $8,000 range? And I guess, uh, as you've, you know, you, as you've been saying, these pivot plays and just some of these guys that might come out of kind of nowhere. Yeah, so there's a couple guys that might, quote, come out of nowhere just from an ownership standpoint. So I think Gary Woodland is going to be pretty chalky. I, by the way, I didn't mention Justin Rose. Um, he had a lot of success here. I think he won two years ago, but he's been sort of bad this year. I've never really been a Justin Rose guy, even though I do think he's great with the irons. He's going to be good with this course, but... I'm off of Justin Rose, just FYI, and his ownership percentage is in the, like the, the teens, 13 12%. So that doesn't really um, factor into the analysis, but yeah, off Justin Rose. So in this $8,000 range, I think Gary Woodland's going to be really popular. Um, he's very good on approach. He's very good with the irons. I'm not really going to be much on Woodland or Finau. I think both of those guys are going to be pr pretty popular, but that's not really for me. I'll tell you some interesting pivot plays that are going to be really low owned. I'll give you three of them. Shane Lowry, who for some reason is priced at 8,600, which is a little mysterious because that's he's like up in a range with some elite golfers. And 
I find that a little curious, but my curiosity almost leads me to be like, all right, I got to put him in a couple lineups because his projected ownership is going to be less than 5%. So anybody up in this range that's going to be less than 5%, you're really gaining a lot on the field. Go ahead. Can I, so, so, so he is better than the value of his pricing is, but you still think his, his ownership is going to be that low. If, if people see that, and as you said, the golf DFS guys see that, why wouldn't everybody jump all over that? Because it's the opposite. What you said is the opposite. So, so oh. I don't think he's as good as his price indicates. I apologize. I thought yeah. you meant he, he his play was up towards those elite guys, but no, he's priced up. Okay, I'm sorry about that. All right. No, 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 that's that. okay. So it's interesting. He's really interesting because a couple other pivots I like are Jason Day and Louis Oosthuizen, and obviously Jason Day is a very big name, and Sergio is too, by the way. Um, those I think are going to be the natural pivots for people. Like if, for example, if they don't want to take like a Kucher or a Scotty Scheffler who are starting to get like pretty popular from an ownership ownership standpoint, Gary Woodland, they might pivot to a Jason Day or a Louis Ustase. And I don't have a problem with either of those guys from a pivot standpoint. I'll have a couple shares of each of those guys. Um, I, I think they're good fits for this course. These guys always end up turning up like injured or something. And, and there's like a lot of withdrawals with these two guys. Kevin Nas, one of those guys too. But three months of rest, you're kind of thinking like they'll probably be okay in that regard. So that's not a big fear of mine. But back to the pivot thing, I think Shane Lowry would be like kind of the sneakiest of all pivots here because if you're not taking Gary Woodland or even a, a Leishman or Tony Finau, you're probably pivoting to Jason Day, which totally makes sense, but you're probably not pivoting to Shane Lowry. So I actually like Jason Day a little bit and Shane Lowry in this range. I'll be honest with you, I'm not in love with this range altogether. Um, I might end up having a couple 9,000 guys or maybe a 9,000, 10, 11,000 guy and then sort of dip down into that 7K range and maybe even dip down into the 6K range because none of these guys are doing a ton for me. And, and, and I get that again, if you can, if you can pay up somewhere, you can pay down somewhere else. It, it mm -hmm. really does help when you're constructing these lineups, especially as you said, you know, you're looking at about 10 different lineups and five of them are going to have no one in that double digit, that 10 K and above range. So there's going to be a lot of maneuvering around and, you know, we'll see if, if, see if that holds true. So let's, let's hop down. Jordan Spieth. What about him? We didn't, you know, oh, yeah. Two guys I kind of forgot to mention. You know, I'm not going to mention every single name, but but one before I get to Jordan is uh, Matthew Fitzpatrick. So here's a guy that I think is starting to gain in popularity, and it's mostly because he just doesn't miss cuts. Like almost literally, um, Colin Morikawa, by the way, has not missed a cut on the PGA Tour, which is amazing. I think he's like five tournaments away from tying Tiger Woods' record. I think I heard that somewhere. But bottom line, Fitzpatrick almost sort of fits that type of mold. I don't love his upside, so I'm not really on Fitzpatrick. But I'll, I'll tell you, like I, that's certainly a justifiable play if you want to put him in your lineup. Jordan Spieth is really interesting because he's been pretty bad the last three years, but he's sort of always good at his home course, which is this tournament. So it, I'm going off the top of my head, but I think he finished eighth last year, 32nd the year before that, second the year before that, first and second. Like, I mean, you know, this is like that home course narrative. Like he's the ultimate like home course guy. Like uh, not everybody does well on their home course for a variety of different reasons. With all of that said, I'm not on Jordan Spieth this week. First of all, his ownership percentage is going to be pretty high, higher than it should be, but it's because of that home course thing. I understand why people take him because even bad Jordan Spieth makes the cut here and usually finishes top 10 and you know top five. But for me, even though I think the three months of rest um, probably benefited a guy like him more than anybody because he kind of just needs to get his mind right. And this is the one time in you know his lifetime he gets three months to just sit down and figure things out. And he's probably gone to this course. I'm making great arguments for him. But at the same time, he's still Jordan Spieth. He's still been largely bad the last three years. This is a super packed field. So when you consider eight, 30 seconds, second, first and second, typically you don't have guys like Rory, like you've never had Rory here, but you don't have guys like even Rom or, or Bryson DeChambeau. So mm -hmm. those stats are really, really impressive, but I don't see him winning this tournament. And, and I just, I don't see his game in a state where he's going to finish top 10. So I'll just hope he kind of bombs and and you know misses the cut or something because he just hasn't been that good. So I'm, makes, I'm off speed. Makes you look good too, and I'm always I'm always for that. The better you look, the better I look. I think so. I think that part's pretty important. So let us hop down uh, to that seven thousand dollar range. It sounds like there's a lot of core plays in here. There's a lot of guys in this range. I mean, I'm mm -hmm. scrolling. I'm scrolling. We're like three three sheets deep at this point. We don't have yeah. to go over everybody, but 
where are you looking for some just major value? Where are you looking for those pivots? And where are you looking for somebody that is going to be a little bit of that diamond in the rough that has a chance to maybe pop up and, and maybe even take this thing down at such a low price? So I'll give you a few guys of each. So I'll give you a few guys that are going to be somewhat high owned, like in the 10 to 15% range, which again is is fine. You can find variants other places. It's it's not a big deal. Your your lineup doesn't need to be solely constructed, you know, on 5% guys, obviously, you know, you just need to be a little unique. But some of the guys that are going to be popular, but popular for good reason, are Daniel Berger for one. Uh, he was on fire before the break. So uh, I think he sort of has his game in gear because he was kind of off the previous two years. Kevin Na has won. He won last year. He was fourth in 2018. He's obviously a, a great play. He's going to be popular. Kevin Kisner, I believe, has won on this course before. Um, his last two times weren't very good, but it's the type of track that Kevin Kisner is is good at. And when I say type of track, like you don't need to be long off the tee, good with your irons. That's generally what Kevin Kisner is. A couple other, quote, popular guys are going to be Ryan Palmer because it's also his home course. Looking down the list, it looks like Joaquin Neiman is gaining some popularity. I understand why. I'll probably be off him. A little too much volatility there. Um uh, ben Hun on is going to be popular as well. Um, but let me tell you some of the guys, and, and, and by the way, all of those guys are popular for good reasons, but, but mm-hmm. the first few I mentioned are probably guys that I would prefer to take rather than a, a Joaquim or uh, an on, but some of the guys that are not going to be that popular that I really, really like uh, Max Homa is one of them in this seven K range. He's going to be probably in the 5% range. He was on fire earlier this year. I actually have an outright on him. I think it's like 90 to one or something. Um, I really like Max Homa. I, I don't think he should be, I think he should be probably closer to 8,000. Uh, some other guys to pick up leverage. Let's see here. Um, not Phil Mickelson. Uh, uh-huh. I wouldn't bother with him, but um, I kind of like Maverick McNeely. Uh, he'll probably be in the 5% range. Um, he was 42nd here in 2018, which isn't super great, but his strokes gain metrics are are pretty good uh, this last year. Um, I'll have some shares of him. He missed the cut at the last tournament, the uh, Arnold Palmer Invitational, but before that, he was actually quite good. So I actually like Maverick McNeely. I like Ian Poulter quite a bit. He's getting a little popular, but his game fits this course really, really well. My favorite play in the 7K range, um, let me just mention Adam Hadwin real quick. He's He's mispriced. He should be priced a little higher. So I like him a lot. Um, my favorite guy, he's a little chalky, is Abraham Answer at 7,300. I've been betting on him or playing him for the last couple of years. Strokes gain metrics are good, not fantastic. Mm. He's, he's risen to the occasion on plenty of occasions before. Like this is a packed field, and I don't think that intimidates him at all. Uh, I think he, I think he'll be ready. I just I just like him. I'm surprised his ownership percentage is over projected to be over 10%, but I like him. Other than that, Roy Sabatini I like at 7,200. I like Danny Lee at 7,200. And wow, this page goes really long. Yep. I will close with maybe a share on Brandon Grace and JT Poston. But mm-hmm. outside of that, again, a share, like one or two lineups. Outside of that, I'm really focused on um, Danny Lee, Sabatini, Abraham Anser, uh, Max Homa, Ian Poulter, and um, a little bit of Daniel Berger and maybe some Kevin Kisner. And that's, I mean, that's where your lineup is made, right? It's, it's, it's a lot like every other sport, you know, depending if you're playing cash games, depending if you're playing GPP games. Uh, also, by the way, DraftKings does have a million dollars to first place this coming tournament uh, starting on Thursday. So make sure to check out our articles. Sia is going to have an article tomorrow, I'm assuming, right? We have Patrick, who's going to have another article tomorrow. I think we're going to have uh, Steven. Cicely Kidd is going to have another article tomorrow. So we've already put three or four out. We're putting out another three. We're going to have some incredible picks just like you laid out there. Kind of see some how some of the construction of this lineup really does look when you actually put all the pen to the paper. But, I mean, you you, you have to build your teams on those $7,000, those $8,000. Kind of not quite contrarian, but as you said, you know, if you're trying to take something big down, you have to have some low variance on some of these guys or high variance. I actually don't really know how variance works. But you have to have one of those on variance to make sure that your lineup is going to be different enough so that way you can go and take down that million or at least tie for first place, man. I wouldn't mind tying for first place with 10 people because we're all bringing home 100K. I think it's a good day to be. Well, you know, speaking of speaking of 10 people, like so, you know, I think people understand this, but if you're in the millionaire maker, like you obviously have to be like super unique. But if you're in a single entry or even a three max that doesn't have a ton of people, like, you know, maybe it's 800 people or something like you can afford to, like, take a decent amount of chalk and then just be unique in a couple places Mm -hmm. and you're probably good to go. So understand that your variance or your uniqueness, for lack of a better word, is going to be predicated on how big the field is that you're going against. Mm -hmm. Um, 
With that said, don't forget, Stephen is going to have his article out tomorrow that is going to have an update on the projected ownership numbers, which I know is important for people from a, you know, creating variant standpoint. I have some in front of me right now, but obviously they're not final. It's only Tuesday. So they're subject to change, you know, here and there. And we'll see. And and make sure everybody, you know, again, hop in the Discord chat, talk talk with some of our PGA professionals, let's call them. Uh, it's, it's just so much fun just to see everyone talk, chat, have a good time and really understand what's going on, because I think that's the most important thing. Because if you have a question like, hey, I'm in, a, you know, I'm in a three max or, you know, hey, I'm just playing a cash game. What do you guys think? That's what literally we're here to do. We meaning mm-hmm. the Wind Daily team, the Wind Daily sports team. We are here to help you and say, hey, play this guy. No, no, no. That guy's. You know, you don't want to play him in a cash game. You want him GPP only. I think that's the most important part. And again, I mean, you've been bringing up some of these guys for we've been talking a little golf uh, for the last couple of weeks now. And you've you've been very, you know, on the nose about some of this stuff. Patrick Reed, 30 to one. You had him already. Morikawa, you had, I think, at 50 to one. Now all the way come to, all the way down to 35. So obviously in on some sites, it looks like uh, Louis stays and you said you're going to like him. Palmer answer Homa, all these guys. You like the outright bets and you like playing in the DFS lineup. Usually that's a pretty good correlation, if you ask me. So I'm glad you reminded me. So before we change subjects, I know we're going to be talking about NASCAR, a little NFL and NBA. But let me just go over the the outright bets that I like. Um, Patrick Reed at 30 to 1. Sung J.M. at 35 to 1. Morikawa is 50 to 1 on DraftKings. But at other sites, he's like 35 to 1. So obviously the other sites have taken money on him and they've had to lower your lines, everybody. Shop your lines. Um. Uh, Ryan Palmer at 70 to one. Uh, I, I don't really love that actually, but, but answer and Homa answer at 75 to one and home at 90 to one. I think they're perfectly capable of winning this tournament. It's not likely, but at that price, I'm willing to put a few bucks on those guys. But uh, the last thing I'll say before we switch gears, if you're going 7,000 or under a couple guys that I like is Alexander Noren. He's right at that 7,000 mark. Um, very volatile, but he has the talent to actually like do some damage here. Uh, below that, uh, Rafael Cabrera, Cabrera Bayo, um, Matthew Naismith, Bud Cauley, Putnam, Tway, and Chris Kirk as a gigantic punt. Uh, Chris Kirk, I think, has won here before as well. So those are some of the guys in the 6K range. Again, we can talk about that on Discord. Our articles tomorrow are going to address some of these guys too. But those are some of the, the guys in the super low range. If you if you take some guys up top and you want to take some punts down low, like some of the guys I just mentioned are perfectly capable of making the cut and probably also capable of making the top 20. Absolutely. We need a bunch of guys in the top 20 to take home that million dollars. So hopefully Sia can help us do it. Actually, you know what, Sia? I want you to win it. I love all the subs. I love all the people in Discord, but I want you to take home that million. How's that sound? Wow. Thank you. That's very, I, um, very gracious. I feel, me, wow. I felt like you really meant that. So of course. maybe well, I'll take like it down. We're, um, we're co-hosts. I feel like I'm entitled to a little bit of that, but uh, <laughs> yes. so yeah, I, we, I knew this, I knew this was going somewhere. What do you want? Like 20%? I mean, 10% is fine, dude. I appreciate the 20 though. Um, But thank you so much, Sia. Very excited. I'm very grateful that you are my co-host on all this stuff because I get to, I mean, just listening to you talk about golf, I could see how pent up you were not being able to talk about it for months. So it was a lot of fun. It was fun to watch you, but it was even more fun to listen and hear your expertise come through. So make sure to go check out Sia's articles free on the website. Make sure to hop in the Discord free for seven days. It's a blast and we want you to make some money and you know how else we're going to make some money. We've been doing it this whole time. We're going to bring on Josh. What is up, Mr. No Shame? How are you today? Hey, Michael. Hey, Sia. Excited to be joining What's you guys. Up? We appreciate you, man. So we got this cool new border, but now kind of all our screens are a little cut off in weird places. So I hope everyone out there watching is is cool. With- oh, there you go. Yeah, just kind of sit up straight. I'll scooch down. Sia, you're just going to scooch down now. Um, per- oh, there you go. So, Josh, talk to us. I know we're doing something with Blue Emu, uh, something about pain relief. And I think we're down in Georgia, right? Uh, Virginia, Ridgeway, ah. Virginia. <laughs> That's my fault. I think I told you Atlanta Speedway earlier, but we were actually at Martinsville Speedway in um, Ridgeway, Virginia. And we'll have a it. 7 p.m. Eastern lock and a 6 o'clock lock on Central Time. Central Time. All right, man. So so talk to me. I mean, you've been crushing it on NASCAR DFS. I get to screenshot those uh, those winnings. It seems like every day at this point and in, in, in all the stuff that you're taking down. But talk to me, man. I know this is a, sh- a little bit of a shorter track. The speed's not going to be as high. I'm pretty sure we're in miles still. So that's a little callback from a few episodes ago, if anybody knows how those things work. But, you know, talk to me. Who, who are you feeling? Is, is it a lot of the same guys that we've been hearing over and over? Or is it because this track's a little different? We're actually going to get to play, uh, play a play a couple new new drivers at least this week no for the most part we're still looking at uh, about the same core group of guys and like you said so we are it is a 263 mile race 
Um, 500 laps, so there's going to be plenty of dominator points in this race. Um, and we're probably going to be looking to get in at least two dominators um, in our lineups. Especially remind, remind us what a dominator is again. I saw, I'm sorry. Um, with DraftKings, you get um, 0.25 points for each lap sled, and then you get half a point for each fastest lap. Okay. So we're probably looking at, I think, like 375 dominator points on DraftKings this week. On FanDuel, you don't have those. You get a um, 0.1 points for laps led, but that really ends up being you know, mostly insignificant because of the points related to laps completed. Mm -hmm. So you do okay. always want to make sure you're looking at those differences between you know, FanDuel and DraftKings when you're when you're making your picks. Perfect. Awesome, man. Thank you. Yeah, keep keep on rolling. You're chugging along. Um, so this week, yeah, it is. Let's see if I can say this right. It's a half mile paper clip flat track. So like you said, um, <laughs> after Sonoma, this is going to be the uh, second slowest racetrack on the circuit. Uh, pull speed, the last two pull speeds here are about 95 miles per hour in comparison to, you know, Tedona and Talladega, uh, which is about 195 miles per hour. And then, um, you know, Bristol is the other half mile track and it's runs at about 130 miles per hour uh, pull speed. So on that, I mean, it is more difficult to pass on this track, but I don't think that's something you necessarily want to get too hung up on when you're building mm -hmm. your lineups. Um, you know, Chase Elliott started in the back last year and was able to move up through the field. So um, that will be out there, but I don't think it's necessarily something you have to you know, concentrate too much on as far as building your lineups. Perfect. And so who, who are some of the core plays that you're looking at when um, we're looking at this half mile paperclip track that's a, the second slowest in the country, I think? All right. This might take me a little bit longer, but, you know, kind of going back through that same strategy we, that we've been deploying before. And we're going to start off by eliminating drivers that aren't going to finish on the lead lap. And so just going back through history, um, our races this year, you know, Garrett Smithley, J.J. Yelly. Reed Sorson, BJ McLeod, Timmy Hill, Joey Gase, Quinn Huff, and Brennan Poole. Maybe they're all not finished on the lead lap at all this year, or they finished one race on the lead lap. So we're just going to go ahead and eliminate those guys from our player pool and not worry about them. Mm -hmm. On second step, you know, we're going to come back in and we're going to eliminate drivers that are going to finish with a negative point or um, place differential. So typically, we're just going to go through this, use the Vegas odds. They've done all the work. There's no need to reinvent the wheel there. But, you know, just simply comparing their starting position um, to where Vegas has projected them to finish and the guys that are going to be moving back, um, we're going to eliminate those guys as well. And you can think about this as well as far as the guys that are getting positive place differential are going to be the guys getting the fastest last points they're going to be the ones moving up to the field. So we don't necessarily talk about fastest laps, but that will be encompassed within, um, you know, that positive place differential. And so with, with that, as you said, you're, you're kind of looking at those Vegas odds, how, how big, and I think I'm going to, no, I don't think variance works there. See, I don't think, I'm not sure how, how far of a number do they have to travel? If you know, they're starting fifth and they're projected to end seventh, are you taking, I'm assuming you're not taking that much into an account. Like how, where is that line to say, all right, like we cannot, they're going to, they're projected 10, 10 places below. We can't, we can't anything possibly them. anything negative. I will come back and look at this towards the end. As far as, um, you know, are those guys, can they outperform their position searching for those guys that we've eliminated that could, um, you know, possibly outperform what Vegas expects and uh, look at those guys. But for the most part, and especially on our first pass through, we're going to go ahead and eliminate all those guys. Um, and which actually, you know, for this week, you know, Ryan Blaney, Eric Amarola, Clint Boyer, none are projected to finish within the top four. All of them are starting within the top four. So we're just going to go ahead and eliminate those guys from our pool right away. Uh, we've had success with this in the past too, where we saw like Alex Bowman was on the pole. He was super chalky. Uh, we faded in because of the negative place differential, which ended up working out well for us. Um, so, you know, it is, like I said, you can't consider those guys coming back, but for the most part, let's just stick to the guys that are um, have positive place differential. Mm -hmm. 
All right. And basically this group, like I said, we're probably going to end up moving away from Ryan Blaney, Eric Amarola, and Clint Boyer for this reason. But the guys that we are going to be looking at and are somewhat consistent with the fours, Chris Bell, Michael McDowell, Cole Custer, Austin Dillon, which we can come back to him in a second as well, um, Jimmy Johnson, Bubba Wallace, Ricky Stenhouse. And then I don't even mind as far as Chase Elliott, Denny Hamlin, and Kevin Harvick. Um, they're starting ninth, 10th, and 11th, so I don't mind including them in this group as far as you know trying to capture positive place differential. You've really eliminated a significant amount of the – the track it feels like at this point right am i just is that yeah, me i start off with uh you know as eliminating as many of the guys from the player pool as we can and we're mm -hmm. only talking about 40 drivers so the more we can narrow in on um you know the best plays and then figure out how to get variation in our lineups between you know there's six guys that might get dominator points how do we spread that out and, you mm -hmm. know well, so six guys and you know where do we um where do we want to put our ownership as far as, you know, which lanes that we want. All right. Next step. Um, and so really since we eliminated those, you know, Blaney, Amarillo, and Boyer, we still need to get two dominators, at least in our drafting lineups. So that leaves us with Joey Logano, Martin Truex, Brad Keselowski, and Kyle Busch are the next, next drivers up that we're probably going to want to focus in on as, um, as far as getting us those dominator points. Fantastic. I can't I wait. That's, that's about it as far as that. I did look at, um, just looking at some of the heads to heads aren't up um, as far as outrights. You know, Logano and I believe Chase Elliott have some pretty good odds as far as outrights. Um, with Kyle. Now, Bush, now we're speaking my language. Go on, sir. Uh, as the favorite um, with Kyle Bush. And I think that I'm assuming that's more from his popularity and he has, he's still performing well. Um, he's not necessarily winning races, but he is, has a lot of top five performances and he's a very popular driver. So he is the favorite for this race. Um, that's going to drive him to be favorite in the head to head, um, uh, outright bets. So any time I think we can find positive money against Kyle Busch, I think that might be a good opportunity to um, find some value on those outright bets. Look at that. See, he's learning from you. He's learning from the best. So so you know what's so I I don't I did play Michael as you know uh, and JMO I didn't send this to you but I I did play um, DFS a little bit but my focus is always when I'm when it's NASCAR is the outright market and the head to head so on the Discord channel which we keep promoting I literally like cut and pasted the head to heads on my site into the Discord chat and I was like hey guys like what do you got here and I got two plays it was I wrote, I just wrote it down because I was afraid I'd forget Logano over Bowman and Bell over Custer and both of them came in. So I'm like, here we go. That's, that's all I need. That's all I need. So thank you very much. And thank you to Discord because that, that's what made it happen. So it was it was pretty awesome. I was a big fan of that race. Gotta love it, man. Here we, we appreciate you, Josh. Awesome, man. Where can everybody find you on the, uh, the, the Twitterverse? Uh, DFS underscore no shame. I love it. Check out DFS underscore no shame. He's got a lot of great content up on Twitter. Make sure, please, to check out his free articles. Josh puts all this time into these articles and then he wins all this money and he's letting anybody who wants this information to take it. He obviously, <laughs> he walked us through everything, who he likes, who he doesn't like and why he likes them. That's my favorite part about what we do here at Wendale. It's not just play these people because it's play these people. And this is exactly how we got to the answer. And if you have questions, come ask us questions in the discord. So Josh, we appreciate you very much, man. Thanks so much for hanging out with us tonight. All right. Thanks guys. Talk to you soon, buddy. Look at that. So you're winning. You're, you're, you're getting him to talk more betting. I mean, a couple weeks ago, he's like, ah, I don't pay attention to that stuff. Obviously, he does because he uses it with his projections. But now he's starting to come to table with some of this stuff for you. I think he I think he's starting to like you, see Yeah, we had a couple guys on, on our NASCAR team jump into the Discord chat and uh, give me that advice. So it was super helpful. I mean, it was, I literally, honestly, I always do it right before the race because I forget when the race starts. So I, I might have posted it like five minutes before the race. And I'm telling you, within like 30 seconds, I had I there was a probably like 10 head to heads that I actually put on there. Within 30 seconds, they gave me two and they both came in. And by the way, it wasn't like it wasn't like a huge favorite over, you know, a, a dog. Mm -hmm. It was one guy was like 1.8 to one, you know, barely a favorite. And the other guy was like a 1.7 to one. So these were like, you know. 
it was it was so strong we know what's going on and i love it that's what i love about our guys here and, and now we get to bring on the big dog big jim thompson jimbo how you doing tonight buddy you know what's going on guys oh is man is it jim again i gotta hey see I, gotta, um, I can't wait to come on my josh allen jersey too by the way that's yeah. that's what i was afraid of that's why yeah. i said jim again <laughs> now i'm like oh, i'm worried let's go jim how are you are you having a wonderful night so far you got league of legends what time does it start like five in the morning or something five in the morning man i'll be up until then i'm just kidding uh i'll probably fall asleep at like two or three and then wait no i'll fall asleep at like one wake up at three for work and then i'll probably just watch it while i'm working i love it i love it and also next time pause we'll laugh if you just you just give us that pause we'll definitely laugh we're pretty good at this I, stuff I, so I don't too. think i really need you to, you to, i don't think i need you to laugh but i want to see you to laugh for sure <laughs> that's what i'm <laughs> there saying you go. i'm <laughs> gonna do anything you say because i know i'm gonna get my ass kicked as soon as i see this guy i was gonna no, say no, let's I'm make not. it vegas let's I'm, make I'm it like, vegas let's do our thing and we'll just have uh, sia and uh we'll have jim just beat the hell out of each other in like a boxing match or a ring or something right that sounds like a blast I, I'm Actually, I'm pretty cocky, but I, I've got I've, I don't stand a chance against this guy. Just hearing his voice makes me like kind of like I, wither and I did, grumble. I did box and wrestle for eight years too, so I mean that'll come in handy a little bit. Let's go. <laughs> I gotta yeah, go, guys. I'm gonna put you at like plus four, maybe plus five hundred at this point. Um, a lot of value. I don't, I don't think I'm gonna do it though. I think I'm gonna take him. But <laughs> we brought on Jim tonight. He's our resident esports aficionado created his own projection model for league of legends and just keeps taking it down now i have to come out and maybe apologize uh i may have seen a screenshot in the discord got really excited and was like hey guys look we jim got another takedown how great is this and then uh quickly received a text message from jason saying hey that match isn't over yet you need to take that down immediately and then i think jim went from winning five thousand dollars to winning about I don't know, like 130. So let me come out and uh, apologize and ask, where would you like me to donate that $4,800? Um, yeah, you know what? After the show, I'll give you like my PayPal or Venmo and, and we'll take okay. care of it. Man. I'll donate it right to you, right to your bank account. I appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. That. You know what? I you donate to, to me and then I'll, I'll split half of it to a good cause too. I love it. You're such a good buddy. You're such a good buddy. Yes. So I needed to apologize live on air no. in front of everybody because no, you, you don't got to do that, man. Not at all. But. I got so excited. You take down every day. I just kind of assumed at this point. It's like, oh, yep, Jim with another takedown. Look at that. Oh, and, and then there was a day that I didn't. And it was and today. It was the day <laughs> that Mike got involved. So would you look at that? I'm just so, kidding. All right. Kidding. Let's 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 get the people another takedown tonight. You know, a couple a couple weeks ago, we had you. We had Ty, our new writer. We had Jason. All of you guys take it down. I mean, Rocker's in there constantly. He's doing his thing i don't know when he has the time or how he does it just like you but you guys keep making all this money so talk to me jim throw some acronyms at our way i want to see <laughs> you to kind of look a little dumbfounded but pretend like he's paying attention let's do it let's help some people with some lol all right that's it that's all i got no yeah. i'm just kidding we got oh, jd yeah, <laughs> we got jdg <laughs> we got <laughs> sorry give me one second please we got jdg versus sooning and then we got vici gaming um versus Royal Never Give Up, RNG. Royal Never Give Up and RNG, or is RNG. Vici Gaming is VG. See, are you comprehending? You got this? You good? I, so far? I'm lost good? already. Sorry. <laughs> Start writing it down, See, Come on. <laughs> but that game is pretty much going to be a coin flip. The odds are uh, Vici Gaming is plus 110, and Royal Never Give Up is actually minus 150. So it's pretty much just... They're they're so close to even last year. I believe their records were seven and nine and eight and eight as well, and they're just pretty much identical playstyles and everything. So for the most part, what I would do there if I was anybody is literally just completely split any lineup you're building. I would suggest if you do two, do one with RNG, do one with VG, and I'm I don't go all in. <laughs> and today was a big reason that I. I don't call in as well as is a team that was actually minus 4,000 um, lost. And Whoa. yeah. So if you went all in on that, which a lot of people did, I believe the other team was like 2% owned and you would have won a lot of money. But uh, the next game is JDG versus SN, which is Sooning. So here's the thing. Sooning just beat the daylights out of the team today that beat the team that was minus 4,000. Okay. Got it. Which is LNG. It's new in the in the it's new in the split, so it's you just want to 
take things with a grain of salt. You want to go easy. You don't want to go too hard. But I'm going to go. Yeah, I'm going to go pretty hard on JDG, actually, be just because like I just have to. But so basically my lineups for the most part are going to be JDG and then a 50-50 stack of Vici Gaming or Royal Never Give Up. And then just in case something like today happens, I'm going to have a couple lineups of Sooning as well. But for the most part, it's pretty much cut straightforward, cut and dry today. It's it's to me is 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 an easy one that I think even just starting off, or if you've never played before, this would be a good one to come in on and just to, to try out for yourself and just to get in there, throw a couple lineups in and and watch the green come in, man. Watch the green come in. You've been doing a lot of that lately. And I mean, you know, I just I, I want to talk about I was gonna bring that up that the team again, I was in the Discord this morning as as you saw and you know when you see someone that is minus four thousand lose like how how often you know you being again our esports aficionado paying attention to this for the last three months how often does something like this happen and is that because this is still kind of a i mean league of legends has been around for like 10 plus years at this point but you know some of these leagues are pretty new some of these leagues are still catching their feet how how often does this type of just gigantic upset happen uh, what I looked up before this match even started was the last time that anybody above thirty-five, uh, uh, above a thirty-five hundred favorite lost, I believe, was two thousand seventeen. Whoa! All right. So, um, bad beats happen. Underdogs win. It's just it's the name of the game. It's in every sport. Any any team could beat any team on any given day. I learned that playing sports my entire life. I was taught that. I was just bred to do that. Like. And I understand that motivation is key and, and learning your opponent is key, but man, nobody saw that coming today. So that's not something you really worry about all the time by any means. You, It happens, and when it does, just hopefully you – you uh, actually, it's kind of funny. You, uh, you just made me think about it. Last night I posted the article, and I posted I was going to have two lineups of LNG – just in case you could find a needle in a haystack that and I that happened and I was like, Oh my God, it happened. But I had two lineups and uh, well, yeah, I was, I was winning yeah. 5,000 at one point. Yeah, and, you, were, and you, were, you were, you were winning the 5,000 at one point and then I got involved. But I, I think again, great point. I mean, our esports stuff is now free on the site. It wasn't before it was behind that paywall. We decided let's, let's give everybody let's, everybody needs to be graced by Jim as often as they possibly can. And now they can be because all of his stuff is free on the website. You're also potentially going to be coming on Thursday to talk some more MMA with us. Cause I know we got some stuff going on. I think we got a fight night on Saturday, but I guess moving forward with LOL, as you said, this might be one of the easier slates, let's call it to get someone like Sia or myself. Like maybe we'll throw a couple bucks down. Maybe we'll start to make one of these lineups. So if I'm making two or three lineups, you know, maybe I'm not making five or, or 15 like you are or whatever, where, you know, who should, you know, you've already said it, but who are maybe those two teams that you're the most confident in that someone like Sia or myself could kind of pop into a cash game, double up our money, call it a night and, uh, and be happy about it. Um, the first one would be JD gate or J JDG. Mm-hmm. And the next one, like I said, I would build two and I would do one with Vici gaming and one with Royal never give up. I would do four players from JDG, your captain included for what, if you're on DraftKings, your captain included. And I would do three players from the opposite team, either Vici gaming or Royal never give up. And on that three man stack, I would have my team incorporated into that and not my captain. So my four-man stack would have my captain involved, and my three-man stack would have my team involved. And you could pretty much flip, and you pretty much want to keep your AD carry, which is your ADC, your advanced damage carry, as your captain, or your mid laner, which is also, if you look on there, your, it's mid on there, Sia, mid, M-I-D. And, Thank you, sir. <laughs> you know, and then just kind of just focus on those and make those your captains. And if you build that way, that that's seriously for the most part. I mean, there's been minor tweaks and changes, of course, but that's mostly how I've had so many of my takedowns. Is a very simple lineup build, not trying to get too cute, going with what I thought was the best play and just putting it in and, and open for the best, honestly, and that's what happens. And if you do your research, or even if you come into our Discord and we do our research, you could really 
learn something. Not only you could just come in there and maybe build your and have that satisfaction of building your own lineup just by listening to us and, and possibly winning 100, 200, 500,000, who knows, 10,000, $20,000 just because you decided to come into our Discord at Win Daily and listen and learn and put in that lineup or two and just go hard, go balls to the wall. And next thing you know, on the weekend, you're celebrating because you just won five to $10,000. You're celebrating and everything is good. The world's opening up. We have Jim Thompson. Jim. Where can everyone find you on Twitter? You can find me at a at not a at J Thompson DFS. There is no P in Thompson. You can find me 24 7, 365. Yeah, every single day, every single minute in our Discord at Win Daily. Get over there. It's free right now. Come on, read our articles, look at our projections. Get over there. We got you. We'll make you win. Let's go. Let's go, Jim. We appreciate you tonight, man. Thank you so much, buddy. Josh Allen is God. Oh, I love you. There he is God. Oh, there you go. Awesome, man. Thank you so much. Yeah, no problem. Have a good one, guys. See you. Th- oh, see you Thursday because he's going to come on Thursday, and we appreciate him from that. Look at us. Look at us. We're making people money in golf. We're making people money in NASCAR. We're making people money in League of Legends. A lot of League of Legends. Uh, Jim's yelling something at me. Let me. What are you yelling at us, Jim? All right, he's gone now. All right, so that's. Big Jim Thompson. We appreciate him. He is fantastic. Oh, he's probably angry because I lost him a lot of money, actually. I felt really bad about that, too. You're like a big jinx, man. You can't call the game before the game is I didn't know it was over. Who sends a screenshot with, like, 10 minutes left in a game just to be like, hey, guys, look, here's me winning $5,000. I was under the assumption that he won $5,000, and all of a sudden everyone's like, no, wait, there's, like, a quarter left, or I don't really know how illegal that is. All right, that actually, that's a good explanation. There's no reason to send a screenshot. I I agree with you. you, Jim. Nope. No, you're not coming back on now, Jim. You don't get the satisfaction, buddy. But uh, we do appreciate him. Jim is one of my favorite people here outside of you, of course. Yeah, uh, he's just the nicest all around human. He doesn't kill you when you lose him a bunch of money, but he's also just a really great guy. We appreciate him. All of his stuff free on the website. Hop in the Discord. He will teach you so much. It's insane. And we appreciate the hell out of him there. So, see, let's close out the night uh, with a little NBA talk. So, we spoke a tiny little bit about it on, on, uh, Thursday, if I'm not mistaken, but you and I, we both spoke about it on Sirius this weekend, uh, channel 210 slash 87, the fantasy sports radio channel. I don't even know what the hell it's called anymore. It's a huge mouthful, but hang out with us at seven to nine Saturdays and Sundays for the next few weeks. We're going to be talking a lot about NBA and you and I both did a little bit of that. So let's hop back into it for a second. Um, how do you like this weird ninth place Zion, whatever, whatever thing that's going on. That's very, very clearly just a ploy to make sure the Pelicans have as much opportunity to make it to the playoffs as possible. Yeah. I mean, I'd like it if it wasn't so obvious, you know what I mean? Like it's just so obvious, like, Hey, let's inject another superstar into the, into this playoff format. And again, I, and I said this on serious on, on Sunday, like if I'm John Morant, I'm like, man, like people are trying to give Zion the MVP when he's been out half the season. Now they're trying to get him a rookie, you know, rookie of the year, I should say, not MVP. And now they're trying to get him to the playoffs when Memphis is like pretty clearly like earned that eighth playoff spot. I mean, I'm, I'm actually kind of pulling for Memphis uh, I like some dog teams too that are that are sort of outside looking in. I like the Spurs, but then I heard Lamarcus Aldridge um, mm-hmm. had that surgery, so I don't know. You know, I'm a Wizards fan. It's kind of cool to be associated with the playoffs to some degree, but they're like 16 games under 500. So again, it's very gimmicky. If you're and you made this point on Saturday on Sirius, like if you're trying to like be concerned for safety, why are you mm-hmm. bringing like five or six extra teams to potentially like you know have an issue with COVID? So I. So gimmicky, you know, they could have gotten the players ready by having like a bunch of scrimmages or some sort of like, you know, little mini tournament or something before the playoffs and whatever, you know, it's, it's, it'll be fun. It's all good. But I just think they could have just brought the 16 teams. I I am very excited. I, I agree with you. Memphis kind of deserves that. One thing I did find through listening to Zach Lowe at ESPN, I'm a big, big fan of Zach Lowe. I think he did some incredible work. And one thing he, he had a gentleman on from 538. I think that's the name of the site, 538, the uh, the analytic website, Nate Silver's website that taken a couple L's in the day. But they uh, they actually had the Pelicans projected to win that eighth seed, even with them being back three and a half games, just the way the schedules were set up. Apparently, Memphis's was significantly harder than the Pelicans was. And now if you're taking those eight worst teams in the league out, um, 
it's going to make everyone's schedule harder because now everyone has something to play for. You're really not even touching anybody that's tanking at this point. The one thing I did here is, well, the Wizards kind of know they're 24 and 40. There's literally no reason they should be there. It's an absolute joke. It makes no sense. But now if they're within four games and to even get within four games, it's I mean, they still have to gain like three and a half, I think, or maybe like four and a half games. I can't remember off the top of my head, but it's just one of those things with COVID. Like they're very clearly just doing whatever they can to try and give the uh, the Pelicans an opportunity to get in. And honestly, I'm kind of for it. I want to watch I want to watch Zion versus LeBron in that first round. I think that would be great. The highest rated game in the NBA this year was the one when um, the Pelicans played against the Lakers uh, only a couple like I think a month before, or like two weeks before the season ended by far the highest rated game on cable this year. So the NBA is not stupid, but at the same time, they're they're kind of showing their hand, man. Like, what, yeah. are, what are you doing? It's like very, very clearly. Oh, no, you no. have plenty of time to exploit Zion from a media standpoint. You don't exactly. need to jam him in during a, a pandemic when he yeah. doesn't. He, when he's not deserving of being jammed in, it just doesn't. It doesn't add up. Exactly. I mean, again, here the Spurs four games back. I mean, technically, if they're doing that four game thing, they're you know possibly in. But as you said, I like them. I think at plus twelve or plus thirteen hundred, and then it comes out. Oh, Marcus Aldridge actually had surgery in like April, and we just didn't tell anybody. It's like, all right, well, Vegas kind of <laughs> knew something there. The Suns, no reason they're there. Um, the Pelicans, the Blazers, the Kings, obviously all have a chance. I think everyone's sleeping on the Kings as they kind of should because they're still the Kings. So we'll see what happens there. Um, I'm really curious about the teams that are definitely in the playoffs, though. And I, I'm there was one that that I Jason and David Melter, who was on the show with us on Saturday, like and one that I do not like at all. And that is the Jazz. And I'm looking here. Boyan Bogdanovich is out for the rest of the season. How did I miss that information? Yeah, because he recently had wrist surgery. So he's done. So and he's an integral part of that offense. Yeah, huge. Um, so yeah, they're, they're completely done. I honestly think it's going to be really interesting to see how the Western Conference goes in terms of the teams that are in, because if I'm somewhere in the, the four seat or the three seat, or depending on where you are, like you'll probably be jockeying to get Utah in that first round. You know what I'm saying? So you could, you could set up a scenario where you're like, all right, if we lose the next two games, we, we get to play the Jazz. So let's pretend we are putting our stars on like a minute restriction or something like that. And by the way, that has DFS implications too and, and, and betting implications too. So I think we're going to sort of see like an unfolding of like jockeying for position and things of that nature because there are teams that are going to be really like layup-y matchups. And, and I think Utah is one of them. I think I, without knowing that Bogdanovich information, honestly, I still was totally out on them. I think their chemistry is going to be trash. Obviously, everything that happened with Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell, we heard for like a couple months during the first part of the pandemic, like, hey, like they're really angry. Um, everybody kind of hates Rudy Gobert right now. I don't think that's <laughs> going to just, especially during the pandemic, maybe next year, everything can kind of settle down, but it's going to be a very recent memory considering you kind of just sat inside. I'm assuming they didn't stew over it for three months, but definitely not a good look uh, on what he did and how, uh, how cavalier he was being. And so I think one thing that Jay and I came to the conclusion of was that really you're only fine. Like the West, there's really nobody that I want to bet on. And the East, there's only a few teams that you can actually find some value on. I know you and I spoke about the 76ers a little bit. It's a weird, weird dynamic. Their road record is abysmal. Their home record is incredible. Are they on the road? Are they at home in this bubble down in Florida? We don't really know. Uh, I know you hate the Sixers uh, from a betting standpoint. I actually think there's a little bit of value there because I do think depending on how those first couple rounds go, you can at least start to hedge out. But who in the East are you looking at when it, in terms of value? Because you're not going to get any out of the Bucks, the, Laker, the Lakers, or the Clippers. Who else do you really think has a chance to make it to the championship? The Celtics are my my big gun here. Um, at so at, at, for the championship, they're plus twenty two hundred. I, I I don't really like that as much as the value of believe it or not, just plus seven hundred to win the Eastern Conference. And obviously, that's because it'd be they'd be hard pressed to beat the Bucks and then the Clippers or yeah. Lakers. But to just take down the Bucks and the rest of the Eastern Conference, when we just consider what the makeup of that team is. I mean, they've got killers really at every position. People sort of like talk about Tatum and Jalen Brown only, but. Um, you know, Kemba Walker, Gordon Hayward, Marcus yeah. Smart, Brad Stevens as the coach. Like, I don't think there's a more well-rounded team than the Boston Celtics. And because Milwaukee is only regular season tested in terms of them actually being successful, I very much think that they are, um, you know, their betting price to win the East is minus 165. I mean, there's no value in that whatsoever, obviously, but I really don't think that's what the line should be. I mean, maybe minus 110 or plus 110, but 
I think they're just super overrated right now. And I think the Celtics are the team that can catch them. I think the Heat are a little dangerous, but I don't think they can win the Eastern Conference. I don't think the Sixers can win the Eastern Conference, speaking of bad chemistry and just bad mental makeup. Um, so, yeah, I mean, in the East, it's the Celtics plus 700 or plus 2200 to win the championship. I'm, I'm down with that. I, I see where you are where you're coming from. Again, I believe you there's no value on the Bucks. It makes no sense. Minus 165 to win the East. That means they have to win three series and there's still a minus 165. Like there's no point in making that bet. You'd rather throw some money on the Wizards at that point. You have more chance of actually making something well, from it. Or I mean, well, okay. Thank right. you for I'm saying sorry. that, but I know I'm you're sorry. lying. You're, you're just trying to make me feel good. I, I appreciate it. Just, but uh <laughs> one thing I will say, so I do think the Heat, I that's the thing. I think I think we kind of forgot. Like, I, I know I agree with you. I don't think I do think the Bucks are a little overrated, but I think we forgot they were on pace to win 70 games and they've only lost to the I think they lost to the Heat twice and people started crying about the downfall of the Bucks when in reality they were winning by like insane margins. They were beating teams routinely by over 20 points. So I do think the Bucks are very good, but again, from a betting standpoint, it's kind of boring. And I don't know, man. The one thing that I'm hoping for is after the seven game series or the the eight game, whatever we're gonna call it, the eight rest of the regular season, that we have the Miami Heat and the 76ers as the four and the five seed. Somebody mics up Jimmy Butler and only Jimmy Butler. You give me no sound other than the squeaks of the floor and Jimmy Butler screaming at his former teammates. I would be in my glory. Give me seven games. I want him to hit a shot over Joel Embiid that bounces on the rim 18 times. And I call it quits. I'm out. That's all the basketball I need for the year, man. That would be incredible. That's literally the best idea I've ever heard in my entire oh life. Oh my God. How I would, awesome. I would totally buy into that. Just berating Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid the entire time about how soft they are and how useless they were and how it was him the entire time and just watching their morals and their their values just slowly drip in front of your eyes down to the floor and you kind of just see them defeated after thinking they had a chance to start all this thing. But I don't know, man. That's you know he, one here thing I, I was a year or two ago, you know, two years ago with Minnesota and then a year ago with the Sixers, thinking Jimmy Butler's just a diva. Like he just wants to be like in that sort of like you know, top five class. And he's just like, I would always say like, he, he wants to be there. He's not there, you know, that kind of thing. But really he was just around a lot of guys that didn't want it as bad as he did. He has this like Kobe Bryant Mamba mentality. And if you don't have that, you know, he's going to call you out or he's going to leave the team or both. And that's exactly what he did. And he goes on a heat team that literally gets everything out of every, Spolster gets everything out of all of his players. And that's exactly what Jimmy Butler is looking for. And it's amazing. Like if this team could get one more star, I mean, they don't really have a lot of stars, frankly, if they could get one superstar in free agency, this team is like completely legit to win the East. I am excited. I want the heat. I, I, that's, I completely agree with you. I thought Jimmy Butler was kind of an asshole and it turns out he is but it's for all the right reasons. It's exactly. Or all the wrong reasons. It turns out Carl Anthony Towns is kind of a wimp and he is kind of soft. And Andrew Wiggins does suck and doesn't try that hard. And it turns out the 76ers are all ridiculous and don't know what the hell's going on. So it is, it's crazy that it all happened in a short period of time, but I think it's very obvious that yes, Jimmy Butler comes out of this now after this season, looking incredible and fantastic. And I'm rooting for him all the way. hundred percent. I agree with you. One last thing, um, and we'll leave it at this. One really, really interesting piece of this, again, this these last eight games, what happens with the lottery? So we have the Wizards, and one thing I heard, again, speak, li listening to Zach Lowe, what if the Wizards just tank these last eight games? Their winning percentage is going to be lower than, I think, the ninth and the 10th seed, so they get the higher percentage. What if the Memphis Grizzlies do or do not make the playoffs? Well, the Boston Celtics own their pick if they do make the playoffs, I think. So I apologize if I'm getting my information incorrect, but there are some huge draft implications just in these final eight games, which is very weird. You're not going to really see that. You know, everyone take three months off. All right, eight teams don't even come. And now there's a couple teams that might get better picks from it. Is there anything you're paying attention to from there? Is there any betting that you're looking at from that standpoint? I know we didn't really write anything down in the notes, but I mean, just from a Wizards perspective, do you want to see them lose their last eight games? Maybe potentially get that higher pick? Yeah, but you have to consider it with the NBA lottery, like unless you're vying for like the 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 potential for more ping pong balls for the one or two or three spot where the Wizards really aren't going to be like I, it, tanking isn't really like a huge deal where it, like like it would have been like 10 years ago or like it might be in the NFL or something. So I don't really see that. I, I think I think the Wizards will largely sort of just be happy to be there. I mean, they're not a very good team. They'll be a little exciting to watch because they put up a lot of points and Bradley Beal is the goat. But at the same time, Sorry. 
Um, but at the same time, I, I mean, no, I don't think they'll tank. I, I think they'll be competitive. They'll get outscored because they don't play defense, and that's just that's just how it's going to be. But no, I'm not worried about the tanking thing, really. It was just an interesting interesting thing that was brought up and if the NBA is going to do anything about it. But see, uh, um, other than that last curveball, I think we had an absolutely fantastic show. <laughs> Where can everybody find you on the internet? Uh, at Sia Najad, S-I-A-N-E-J-A-D. And that is a shout-out to you, Josh Allen. Just let him know that you appreciate the love that he gave you today. All you Buffalo Bills fans, you can turn, you can flip your allegiance, you're back on Sia's side. Thank you so much to dig Jim Thompson. You can find him in the Discord, all of his articles on LOL and esports. They are free MMA as well, so he'll be on Thursday as well to talk about that. Thank you so much to Josh Moore, JMO, DFS underscore, no shame. All his articles are free. He's winning a boatload of money, so just come check it out. For C and Ajad, I am Michael Raziel, and I hope you all make it a very profitable day. <laughs>